Well, good morning, afternoon, whatever time you're listening to this. Ready for another episode of The Yamcast. My name is Chris. And I am Erica. And we love young adults and we love the Bible. And so we thought, let's just put those two things together and teach young adults how to think about the life that they're living through the Bible. Yeah. That's it. Why not? Easy. And if you would like to contact us, you can find us on the social media, the social medias, all of at them. all of them, at the Yamcast, or you could email us at yamcastpod at gmail.com. So what do we do with this dead space, James? Do we... We let it do we do roll something? that beautiful James, music. should we do something with this? <coughs> I just did that so that he would enjoy having to figure out what he's going to do there. He's going to edit or leave it alone. It's a monthly five. It is. February. Another month has come... And is almost gone. It is February, uh, the shortest month. So not by much, but it, yes, it kind of snuck past us quickly, faster than the other months by two whole days. <laughs> <laughs> Which we aren't, because um, seeing as February is winter, we aren't usually sad about it flying by. So no, and it's usually the worst part of winter, right? Because December, it's kind of like fresh and new, and you're thinking, I want a white Christmas. Yeah, yeah, it's just Christmas. January, you're like, this is going to stink, but I know it's here. Let's just get it over with. And then January ends, and then you think, oh, February. Whereas I love February because my birthday's in February. Yours is. Dylan's birthday's in February as Mm -hmm. well. A lot of reasons to celebrate February. I also love Valentine's Day. So it just, I just, I really like February. Sure. It's a great month. I'm just saying as far as winter goes, it's yes. the worst of the months. I find that January is the worst because I feel like it's like 80 days long. It feels like it. Yeah. This year, I don't think it felt that way. No. It felt appropriately 31 days. But <laughs> most of the time, I'm like, we're still in January. Anyways. But you also now have an anniversary to celebrate in January. And you have a baby to deal with so the months go faster for a little while here. Yeah. And then all of a sudden they won't go fast. And all of a sudden they won't go fast. So what are you reading? <clears throat> of all so, of the things that you could possibly be doing with your time. All of the things. Reading is one of them. What are you reading? So we were actually just talking about this, that I'm not reading a lot of Jesus-y books. So I apologize. <laughs> That's not for, how <laughs> I'm not reading a lot of those. I joked that I was going to guilt her about not reading books like Jesus-y books. All right. But I do read novels. Great. And actually, it's easier to read novels when you just listen to them through audiobooks. Sure. So I just finished The Unhoneymooners by Christina Lauren, which is they take this brother and, they're not brother and sister, they're brother and sister to two people that just got married. Okay. So the sister to the bride, brother to the groom. They don't like each other. Very romantic comedy-esque. They end up taking their honeymoon because of circumstances that happen. And so then they go on this honeymoon together. And obviously, they start to like each other. Oh. So. And they're the un- un-honeymooners. They're un-honeymooners at that mm-hmm, point. Mm-hmm. And then a lot of other things happen too, obviously. but Wild hijinks ensue. Yes. Yes. Things that are like, oh, didn't see that coming. So I read that and very much enjoyed it. Good. And I've started reading The Lazy Genius by Kendra Dachi. Okay. Which her whole premise is basically focus on the things you actually, that are a priority to you. Okay. And be lazy about the things that are not. So be a lazy genius. Yeah. So it's, I haven't gotten very far. 
But I know that she's like, you need to know what is important to you and let those things be what you spend your time doing. And then the other things you need to, but also plan things once. She has like a lot of methods as to how to do them, like decide things once or yeah, there's lots of different things that she ends up doing. Cause I follow her on Instagram too. So hmm. she talks about those things as well. So I will re- report back with more after I've read more of the book, but that is one that I started reading. Uh, anything that deals with laziness and genius in the same sentence, I'm all for. I know it sounds kind of great. If I can figure so. out how to be a lazy genius, I'm down. I anyway. feel like anybody would say that, right? You know, I, mean, I would don't hope work so. Too hard. I'd hope so, but yeah, there are people, those that are crazy. Some so. people are overachievers. What are you reading? Speaking of overachiever, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> just kidding. Speaking of lazy geniuses, <clears throat> Dylan. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, so. My uh, my reading list right now is mostly boring stuff that nobody wants to deal with. So I I'm I'm pushing through the doctoral aspect of my life, and I've got a bunch of reading to do to sort of shore up my position. So I'm mostly reading more dissertations, mm. more papers. Uh, I spent a lot of time in the last month reading journal articles on. Uh, the hardness of heart for Pharaoh and other things like oh, that. Okay. So going with the sermon series, right? Sure. So we're in Exodus right now as a church. And so I spent a ton of time just working through some of the more difficult aspects of Exodus and coming to very few conclusions that were so satisfactory to me. So I'm doing that. I'm not really, you know, I don't want to name all the papers cause they're annoying and stuff. Uh, the, the one that I'm reading, that's sort of the easiest one. Uh, to mention, I'm going to pull up the title here because I just realized that I did have one right here. Really quick, do you find it annoying that you did a lot of this research and didn't come to any conclusions that you actually liked? Most of my life feels like that. Okay, because that would really be like a, I feel like that would be like a waste of time. Yeah, like I work really hard and then I go, are you kidding me? Uh, yeah, because you, you want answers, right? I mean, mm-hmm. at least I do. Well, and that's why you do the research. Sure. So when you don't actually come to answers, you're like, was that a waste of five hours? Totally. I want the answers. I want to be able to work through it. And then um, I don't get the answer that I'm looking mm-hmm. for or any answer. That's even more difficult. Because when you have multiple things happening in a, uh, a scholarly journal mm-hmm. or in a book, for example, you want to be able to like make it make sense to people. So, for example, I read the paper called Divine Hardening in the Old Testament. It was written in 1996. And it's great. It's 26 pages long. It goes along with a bunch of others. But at the end of the day, all of them disagree with each other just enough to make, and they're decent arguments from mm-hmm. the text that you go, all right. I this don't. could be right. Yeah. This could be right. So, that could be right. So then you feel like, in a, especially in a sermon series, you feel like you're wandering down alleys that all are dead ends. Mm-hmm. That's super fun. Well, and I want to maybe not even dead ends. They're like wide open spaces. Cue the song. Um, I know. I felt like I like it's because it doesn't. They don't end. It's like they just because there weren't any answers. So it's like, sure. well, that didn't. Which partly is lead me anywhere. One of the things that leads me to this beauty of the eternality of God and how deep and wide and amazing he is. That I just go, eh, okay, fine. And it frustrates me that people feel the need to try to make sense of him mm. in some of these av- avenues. So, yeah, that's what I'm reading. A lot of that kind of stuff. I've got, you know, a bunch of little books that I'm working on or, or reading, but none of it's 
worth sharing on here. So those papers, though, have taken most of my month. Yeah, I imagine. And at the end of the day, like I said, I came to no conclusion. So we did a podcast on that, Park Hills podcast, uh, that just dealt with that concept. And it took like 55 minutes to go through the four or five papers that most were of most... the hardening of the heart. Yeah, that were most Pharaoh. important to talk about. And then at the end of the episode, it's like, well, we have no idea. So... So you're welcome. So cue the music. Mm -hmm. you know, that's basically what it was. Yeah. What are you, uh, let, let's move on to a topic that I can definitely answer. What are you watching? Um, so I feel like I've watched a lot of things recently. I see that. On your yeah. List. So catching up on the Marvel universe. Oh yeah. So I watched Loki, which made no sense to me and was kind of over my head. So <laughs> I felt like I was like, well, and it didn't help that I feel like I didn't pay attention really good attention in that first or two one or two episodes so then after it i was like well <laughs> don't know what's going on anymore <laughs> so that one was not i mean i love loki as a character though so he's always sure. enjoyable to watch but loki wasn't wah, wah. but i didn't really understand what it was it was it was a little too out there for me i okay. think but hawkeye i really enjoyed because that was far more just narrative, so good you know it was just storytelling so sure. and i um, I really like Haley Steinfeld. I find that she's a really good actress. Mm -hmm. So I really liked that one. I actually watched Black Widow before watching Hawkeye. Okay. So, or no, or after. I watched Black Widow after watching Hawkeye. That's it. Because then the Easter egg that they give at the end of Black Widow leads into Hawkeye. And I was like, Oh, that's why that's happening. So, <laughs> kind of watch those out of order. But I also liked, really liked Black Widow. I thought and that you was haven't really seen good. Spider Man yet, right? I have not. I was hoping we went to the movies last night, and so I was hoping that was still going to be in the theater, and it was not. Oh, we at least not in Freeport. Yeah. We went and watched Uncharted. <coughs> Excuse me. Yeah, I really liked it. We're about to watch it. It's not like I feel like some of the humor was a little. Not like they were trying, but it wasn't like laugh out loud. Sure. Like like Jumanji. Like watching Jumanji was, I mean, it was hilarious. Like I was mm -hmm. laughing out loud. This is a little more subtle. But again, I found it enjoyable. So I liked it. But I can imagine, I can see where critics are like, that wasn't good, blah, blah, blah. But I'm not right. a critic, so I found it enjoyable. Yeah. We started watching on Netflix Designated Survivor. Have you ever watched that? I watched the first season. With Kiefer, and I just felt yeah. like it was 24 almost all over again. I did too, <laughs> which is part of why I got a little tired of it. But Yeah, it's just... But it was good. Yeah, I've, I've really enjoyed it. The concept is cool. Yes. What's the concept? So that people... Because so, maybe people haven't listened or watched it yet. Is this, so. Well, really quick. Is Designated Survivor a real thing? I don't know, but okay. so that's why I'm yeah, telling I the concept. So it's a good... all of Congress, all of the federal government was in is was having a meeting so they're all in one spot right and they leave a designated survivor away from that spot so that if all of them something happens and they all die you still have somebody to lead the government yep and that is what happens he gets puts Kiefer gets put somewhere else which you would never imagine after watching 24 that Kiefer Sutherland would ever be like the underdog but anyways, he gets put somewhere else because he is the designated survivor sure. and all of Congress dies. It's not really giving anything away because it happens in like the first... 30 seconds. Yeah, not very long. And then it's all about how he... 
has to rebuild an entire government yes. from scratch. And figuring out who did this bombing and all this stuff. So, And part of the reason why he's the designated survivor is he's one of the lower cabinet members mm, yeah. that everybody thinks is incapable of doing anything. So he doesn't need to be there. Yes. And this will never happen. So it doesn't matter if he is the designated survivor. Sure. But it does happen. But it does. Dun, and so, dun, dun. and I mean, yeah, I've really enjoyed it. I got a little... It is hard because it's a cable show, so it is like 20 season, twenty episodes long, the first season, sure. you know, where you get kind of used to the Netflix or yeah, yeah. Prime shows or whatever where they're like 8 to 10, you know? Right. But I was getting a little addicted where I was like, I got to know how this happened and how this ends, and <laughs> it's leaving me in a little too much ex- suspense. We actually had to like pause because we're like, I feel like we're having heart palpitations. So we had to take a break, but we really enjoyed that. And then another show... That is trashy. I would say it's trashy. But on The Bachelor... um, Spectrum. Yes. I just wanted something to watch where I didn't really need to use my mind. And so (laughs) I started watching Love is Blind. And I really like the premise where they get to meet... They get to know somebody without seeing them. Sure. So you're literally supposed to be falling in love with who they are, not what they look like. Right. But the thing that is a little much is they actually have to propose before they see them as well and then they can see them right and then they go on a vacation for a week they live together for like three and then they're supposed to get married it's a little quick so that that stuff is a little yeah i don't know how that's going to be but i like the the premise i guess of the show of getting to know somebody without the looks. so i didn't realize they actually have to get married i mean the thing is, is basically they have to choose right before the wedding if they're going to get married or not. And and in this season, spoiler alert, there are there is already a couple that I think anybody watching knew that they weren't going to last. They didn't even last the Mexico vacation. So, anyways, so that's I, intense. Yeah, it's a it's it's a lot. Reminds me of this time that I was blindfolded and forced on a date with this woman named Heidi and. Later on, we got married. I mean, no, that's not true. I mean, it that was also. I mean, it was within a year. Yeah, all of those things. But yeah, <laughs> yeah. Anyways, you weren't blindfolded. No, no. <laughs> Can you imagine? No, that's when I've I've seen the previews for that, and I thought, what a ridiculous concept. But I thought it was sort of like all the other ones where, at the end of the day, they don't have to do anything as far as. But the point of this one is like you have to get married. So and I mean obviously you don't, you don't have to get married. No, you don't but, ha- you don't have to. And they don't all find somebody either. Sure. There were people in that get to know you dating stage that we don't ever see again. Right. So I think there are four couples, were there four or five? I don't remember. And actually one of my friends said that she was looking into it and there are even there are a few more couples, but they just chose to follow and actually uh, do these ones. I don't know. So they're only using some and the thing that is hard is I love the idea of getting to know somebody without seeing them, but all of these people are gorgeous. Like, they would be on The Bachelor. So it's like, didn't quite... You want a couple ugly people in there. Or, like... Sure. Not picture perfect, sure. you know? Like, I just was like, it would be nice to have seen it actually work out for people who... I mean, there there are a couple that had lost like a significant amount of weight, so they have a ton of insecurity sure. where that is related or where that is concerned. But I would have liked to see a little more diversity, I think, in like body compositions and yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, and it'd be great to but. see somebody finally seize somebody and then just dump them because they're ugly. Like to me, that there would, were there that were would make a couple that I think it was a little. It took them a little bit to like come around to it. Really? So all right. Well, and I think one of them was kind of like me, where you're just in your head a lot and you like are analyzing everything, and I think that yeah. So, hmm. and one of them, they've talked about how. They have an an amazing emotional connection, but the physical connection is really hard. And he's like, he's struggling with, this is everything. Like, she's all the boxes that I even didn't even think I needed to check. Like, she is all of it, but I am struggling physically to connect. And so, like, watching him kind of try to figure out if he's like, is that something I can sacrifice when mm. I have all of this and... I just wish they almost had a relationship counselor to kind of just be like, that stuff will grow. You know, like be able to like tell them things, you know. So Love is Blind, if you're listening to this podcast, and I don't know why you wouldn't be if you haven't found us by yet. <laughs> I'm just really, un it's unfortunate. Uh, if you want a council corner with Erica situation. There we, we go. We can, we can make that That's arrangement. That's what it should be. Because there's so many times I'm watching it and I'm like, you guys just need to... This, you need you need a third party to just be like this is what you're saying and this is what you're saying and you need to just like calm down. And you're both you know? wrong, so yeah. both of you need to compromise and yeah. come to a conclusion. Yeah, yeah. That or you need awesome. to stop seeing all the bad in people, or you need to whatever it is. Sure. So, anyways, what are you watching? A lot of ridiculous things, but to keep it <clears throat> uh, somewhat manageable here. Uh, have we talked about Seinfeld yet on this podcast? I don't think so. So I've been watching Seinfeld over again. I kind of started doing that too. Way dirtier than I remembered it being. Like wh I'm like, whoa, okay. Uh, but, of course, funny and great. Mm -hmm. uh, so a little bit of that. A little bit of, have you seen Moonfall? What's that on? <laughs> it's a movie in the theater. <laughs> no. Trust me. Uncharted, probably way better than Moonfall. The idea is that the moon is falling onto Earth. Okay. But it also happens to have some type of alien ship craft. I'm not going to spoil any more than that. Uh, <laughs> totally ridiculous. Somewhat, it's totally unbelievable. Kind of fun and dumb. And at the end of the day, I was like mad with that movie like I was every other movie that deals with aliens <laughs> and the human race. So I'll just leave it there. But uh, yeah, it was, it was kind of fun, but not great. But not great. Not great. Uh, Chernobyl. Have you heard of this? Like the movie. It's a six-part miniseries. I have, but I, I remember when I wanted to watch it, I think it was on something I didn't have. Yes. So we did like a 14-day free trial on a couple of those. Like we do that every once in a while where you if know, we'll, get, you we'll get an watch. email from, well, not even that. Oh, we'll just okay. get an email from, you know a show and like this one is HBO max. And they're like, Hey, 14 days for free. We're like, yeah, we'll try it. So, uh, Chernobyl has terrible language because you know what it's about. It's also on HBO. So, but it's clean in every other regard. Other, yeah. But, it, but, but they, the, the violence of that eruption, that, that explosion and everything that went along with it and the cover up And, the, so I started watching it a couple of weeks ago because Russia had started, putting people on the border. And I, I just know that's in U the Ukraine. Mm -hmm. Like that's Chernobyl happened just North of Kiev. Like that's, that's right where that is. So I thought, okay. And, and my brother recommended it to me, uh, Matthew. 
so when we got done with that, I was like, whoa. And then I, I started, I just finished it this week. So good. Like crazy good. Really intense. And it's really only on HBO, amazing. right? Yeah. So yeah. that's the downside, but it's really, really, really like if I could recommend a sort of docu-series, this one's great. Mm. And it's got great overtones and, you know, heroes that you don't expect to be heroes. And, uh, you know, like, I don't know if you knew this, but they found out that they were uh, like, the thing was about to explode and would have become like a, like a fission bomb that would have blown up like 200 kilometers square kilometer kind of deal. Like, so crazy. Mm-hmm. And a few guys just put on suits and swam in the radioactive water to get down to the thing and turn the crank. Golly. And they just sacrificed themselves to make sure that everybody else could live. And mm-hmm. I'm so like, there were moments where I'm just beside myself with mm-hmm. the overwhelmingness of it all. So just a beautiful show, really well done. So if you get a chance to watch it, go for it. There is one scene where all the miners uh, don't have any fans, and so they decide to go naked. That's a little inappropriate and weird. <laughs> but it's, you know, it's just it's a weird thing. But, it, but even that, like, they're just trying to stay true to what really happened. and mm-hmm. um, So that was good. And then there's a bunch of other, you know, like, ridiculous things that we watch every once in a while. None of them are amazing, so they're not worth talking about. But, but the, yeah, that's what I'm watching, some of the things. What, what, are, are, what? Yeah. What you're gonna ask me, or am I gonna ask you? Whatever you want. You go ahead. Sorry. What are you learning? Uh, so looking at our list here, I'm gonna jump. I'm gonna do what am I learning? But it's gonna be probably the same thing that's on your heart. Mm-hmm. So I, I honestly am learning a lot about the Russia Ukraine thing. Most of my side reading, that's kind of the fun stuff. The last couple of weeks has been just getting into the depths of why some of this would be happening and how, you know, cause I knew Crimea was given over to Russia back in 14 and I, I, I it just kind of happened. I didn't really think about it much, yeah. but so I, I've dug a little bit and I'm, I'm learning how complicated foreign relations are in general. You know what I'm saying? Like, I think we just think, just go do it. I saw on the news, this thing happened. So I know mm-hmm. how to fix it. And I'm going, there's way, this is all way more complicated than I know what to do with. I think the significant part that I'm definitely, you know, on board with is that this is a, uh, a sovereign state that deserves the right to be themselves and they're not getting the right to do that. And the international community is trying to figure out how to stop Russia from doing it without getting without, so involved yeah. that it becomes a nuclear war. So it's way complicated. The ball of wax here or the yarn, whatever, you know, whatever illustration you want to use is really big, complicated, lots of pieces. You know, even, I, I don't know if you knew this, but like President Clinton way back in the day said, uh, Russia asked if they could join NATO. He basically said, yeah, that's a possibility. And then they, they just reneged on that possibility and never even brought it up. Mm. So he was president at the time. Putin or a prime minister. And so he, he was hurt by that so deeply that now 22 years later, he's going, well, what's the point? Like, what are we doing here? You know? Mm. So that would have been actually way before that. Yeah. So, and so I just back up and I go, all right, you're, you're talking 20 years of hurt feelings. Wow. Plus it's a nation that's always wanted to be a part of the, the grand scheme, but has always been, Russia doesn't have a lot to offer in a lot of things. You know what I'm saying? Like they have some resources and stuff, but they don't have, they don't have some of the stuff that other people have. And so there's always kind of this jockeying for position. And after the cold war war, which partly ended because of Chernobyl, Mm. Gorbachev was, was positive that that's what broke the the Soviet union because the idea there Chernobyl was 
we are great. Look at what we're able to do. And when Chernobyl happens and your nuclear reactor blows up and you find out that it's actually government flaw and human flaw, you can't hold the Soviet Union up as the greatest thing ever. So in his opinion, Gorbachev, the, he was the, you know, the, I don't know if they are, the prime minister of the Communist Party at the time, that he was pretty convinced that's what did it. So when you look back on all that, you're going, all right, there's a lot of hurt feelings, a lot of pain. Mm-hmm. And instead of the world sort of saying, hey, Russia, let's come to the table and talk, it's been more of a stiff arm kind of situation. And you see the same thing with China in some regards. You know, and part of that's because we're afraid. Part of that's because we're dealing with totally different types of governments, totally yes. different types of cultures. Yeah. So I, I'm just learning a lot to judge a little slower and be careful with how I perceive everything. At the same time, Ukraine deserves to fight back for themselves. So yes, they I'm, do. I'm just trying to figure this out, how to, how to handle it well and how to teach it well. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? When I'm dealing yeah. with young adults or with the church in general. So, mm-hmm. What about you? What are you learning? Um, so I am learning. So I'm starting a new position at work. Um, and which is taking over being the secretary of the elementary school. Yep. It's a s- elementary school and a daycare. So I would be the secretary of the elementary school. There's also a director and an assistant director of the daycare. And we all kind of work pretty much together. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. One thing I'm learning is I want to really be diving into how to lead well. But also, within the elementary school, morale is not low. But I do think within the daycare, morale is low. And so I'm trying to figure out... And it's a hard job. It is. Mm -hmm. Especially the last two years. Okay. Yep. And so I'm really trying to think of how how to bring morale up. And so that's a a question that I've been asking myself and just trying to figure out, like, how do we... Yeah. How do we bring morale up when it's really, really low, you know? Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, that's been something I'm trying to contemplate because I, I hear what they're saying. I hear what the directors are saying. Like, and yeah, it's just hard because yeah, it's a hard job. And I think a lot of people have been doing it for so long that they're almost like jaded and cynical towards it, or they yeah. still are thinking that they need to treat the kids as they did 30 years ago or 20 years ago. And we're in like a whole, I mean, these children are not the same, you know, like they're very different. So, and we're dealing with a lot more uh, behavior issues or a lot more like special needs. Um, And that is weighing on a lot of these teachers because they're just not really equipped for that either. And so, yeah, just trying to figure out how to bring that morale up Yeah, because I want people to want to come to work and to be excited about work and love to come to work and mm-hmm. not just you view it as a paycheck, you know? So yeah, that's something that I'm trying to, I'm not, yeah, I'm trying to learn. So raise morale, build culture. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Those are good things. Yep. So what is it that you are listening to these days? Um, I'm not really listening. Like, I mean, I'll be listening to my audio book sure. and, I mean, the podcast that I've talked about previously, but I don't spend a ton of time listening. I feel like when sometimes having a newborn, I'm like, yeah, don't have a, a ton of time to myself to do those things. Um, like, I don't have a commute by any means to listen. I don't have, yeah, any of those things. 
So, I mean, I'll listen sometimes to things while I'm getting ready in the morning or on my very short commute to work. But I don't really, yeah, I don't really, I'm in a phase of life right now where I don't have a ton of time to like, yeah, listen to things, if that makes sense. Yeah, totally. So I'm really not listening to much It makes right a ton now. of sense and you want silence. Yeah. I, I mean, just frankly. It's true. But you're listening to the Yamcast. I mean, I make the Yamcast. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding with you. I'm joking. Yeah. No, I, I, I understand that. And there's a lot of moments in my life where I, I yeah, I desire silence. My, my children hate it. Because I'll get in the car and they're like, what are we listening to? And I'm like, I'm good with just I'm chatting good to with just you listen. guys. Yeah. So, yeah. But what are you listening to? Uh, different things. Uh, listening to some music. So I just, I just did something really dumb. I took a trip to Arizona with two of our young adults. And we went down there to run a Tough mutter and then drive back. So we left on a... Th- a Wednesday at like noon, got back at like Monday at three, I want to say. So if you think about a Wednesday to a Monday, less than five days. Mm-hmm. So I listened to music that I didn't necessarily want to listen to. Uh, <laughs> I imagine. Yeah. yeah. But mostly it was just hanging out with the boys and kind of observing and thinking about them and, um, you know, processing life and. So that was great. So what I'm listening to the most is people. I just like listening to people mm. and when they talk to me about stuff and then I get a chance to talk to them about stuff, you know, whether it's the girls having trouble with various things or, you know, I, I'm sitting in on school board meetings every once in a while now. So I listen to what is said there yeah. and try to process that information, you know, that kind of stuff. But I'm not, I'm with you. I'm not listening to a ton of, of stiff. Yeah. I sometimes feel like I, when I come to do these things that I have to have something new that I need to be listening to. And it's like, yeah, but sometimes you're just not. I'm listening to The Sound of Silence. Listening to The Sound of Silence. By Simon and Garfunkel. You're not actually listening to that. I have, but not, not this last month, no. <laughs> no. So, what's on your heart? I mean, as you alluded to before, and I feel like it's on everybody's heart. It's kind of a big deal. Is Ukraine. What's happening? No, I'm just Do you live under a rock? Yeah. Um, I mean, uh, yeah, if you don't know, which I don't know how you wouldn't know, for it's been a couple of months now that there's been the threat of Russia yes. invading. And now that threat has become a reality of them attacking and waging war on the border, I guess. I don't know if they've fully... Have they fully invaded? Sure. Well, I mean, they're invading, yeah. I would say. <clears throat> so... It's just, it's just really, when these things happen, I just am like, how, 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 we do this to each other. Like, we, humans doing this to humans, and it's just really sad. And even more so, I'm like, how, why do you feel like you have that right to do that? To, yeah, to take over another, like, any leader. I'm like, how, because again, this is not, this is not new. No. People have been doing this for, since the beginning of people. Yes. You know, so this is not something new, but yeah, when it happens, it just makes me question, like, why, why do we feel like we have that right to take over, even if they, I mean, you were talking about, you know, bullies and things, like, Mm -hmm. to, even if you think they are weaker, 
Like, why do you feel like you have that right to, to take them over to make them feel inadequate to make whatever it might be? And I just, it does. It just kind of breaks my heart that they're having to go through this. And like, again, what's hard is it's the leaders making these decisions and then the people have to deal with those decisions, you know? Yeah. Like, I mean, I've watched protests happening in Moscow that they, that the people don't want this to happen, you know, mm-hmm. but it's going to happen regardless, you know? And so it's just, yeah, it's hard that we ordinary civilians have to kind of pay for what our leaders also decide. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's just, yeah, it's hard to yeah. watch. It's hard to watch these and you hear the regular people stories, the moms mm-hmm. having to, I mean, I just watched a mom and a son being reunited on the border. You know, like, it's just, yeah, it's really hard to watch them waiting in line at the train to try to get out of the cities. And, mm-hmm. yeah, that's just not fair. And it's a little bit difficult, too, because every nation can look at the United States and say, well, you guys do whatever you want to do. Why can't we do whatever we want to do? You know? the response to Afghanistan. And I know we talked about that a few months ago on the podcast, the the various documentaries we had seen about September 11th and things like that. Mm-hmm. There, there is an element of us getting involved in foreign policy in the far East has not always gone well, whether no. you're talking about Afghanistan or Iraq or, you know, some of our connections with Saudi Arabia have not gone well. The fact that we're willing to back Israel and, and we should, I'm not saying we shouldn't, but, yeah. but there's other countries that think even because we are willing to back Israel, that we're immediately against them. And it's it, everything turns into a much more us versus them situation. So then when Russia says, well, we're going to do Ukraine, you know, we can be like, well, no. And they might go, well, what's the big deal? You you do whatever you want to do. Why can't we do whatever we want to do? Which is valid. It is. And it even if, even if there's nuance to that statement, I understand their point, and it makes me go, all right, I don't know what to do with that. So, mm-hmm. yeah, it's a heavy thing. I mean, and I think... Yeah, just watching some of the world leaders, yeah, try to decide how to handle it, too, because they don't want to get involved involved, but they also know what's seemingly right. And so it's, yeah, it's, but also have hearing Russia say to you, like, if you get involved, you will experience, I don't remember exactly the words he said, but, you know, experience something that you've never experienced before. Yeah. And it's like. Doesn't sound great. So no. So it's yeah. It's it's hard to know how to get involved because you don't also because as a leader you also have your people. Like I was just talking about that if you make that decision and then Russia does something, your people are the ones that suffer. Yes. You know, and so that's a yeah. Or all the lot. people on the whole earth will suffer. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we're a turnkey away from nuclear annihilation. So I don't think that's going to happen, but just to think that you're that close to everything being wiped out is like, whoa, that's pretty. I mean, yeah, you need to make your decisions very wisely. Yes, very much so. What about you? What's on your heart? So clearly, you know, of course, Ukraine is on my heart, but I already talked about that. So I'm going to move on. Uh, That sounded callous. I don't mean it that way. But so on my little trip to Arizona, we hiked, the boys and I hiked Camelback Mountain, which is a really cool little mountain in the middle of Phoenix. And we had so much fun doing it. And on the way back to the house that we were staying at, we drive past the Trinity Church in Scottsdale. 
And I drove past it, saw the sign, looked at the building, and it wasn't until we were just past it that it dawned on me, oh my goodness, that's Mark Driscoll's church mm. in Scottsdale. Which, you know, I've talked about the Rise and Fall podcast on here. Yep. And a uh, really good podcast to kind of get into the nitty-gritty of, of what did and didn't happen in Seattle at Mars Hill, you know, 2014. But what most people don't know is he moved to Phoenix. And after a few years of that, planted another church called the Trinity church. Mm-hmm. And so the boys and I then thought, let's go. Like we, we totally yeah. want to see this. I want to, I want to experience it. And so I, 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 I'm still processing it. So I don't have time to like go into all the details here. It might be a fun conversation down the road if, mm-hmm. if you remind me, but for now what's on my heart is I love seeing a brother who's called to be a pastor restored I don't necessarily always have to agree with the way in which that happened, mm-hmm. meaning the fall or the restoration. I'm always a little hesitant with that because I've had some friends that planted churches way faster than they should have. You know, they had a moral mm-hmm. failure or they had a, some other situation and then they just like got back into it really quick. And I'm like, what are you doing? But I can't judge that situation because I don't know. It's true. Yeah. I just don't know. I don't know all the details. And in, it's in, hard to swallow, but it's also like totally you aren't there. And in Mark's case, you know, even the podcast said it, and if you listen to it, you you know this quote, but Mark was fired for being a, a jerk. That's the word. I would use someone mm-hmm. else, use a different word. And he created a really toxic environment, sometimes maybe even without even trying. You know, if you're an abrasive personality, which he's always been somewhat in your face, maybe less abrasive than, you know, I don't take him as, a, as abrasively as some people do. But at the same time, if you're... um. If what he is talking about sure. is sensitive to you. Sure. Yeah. Triggered or anything mm-hmm. like that. He can be uber abrasive to the point where you're just so offended. You're like, how can this guy be a pastor? Yeah. And, and where, where he went wrong for sure is instead of repenting and saying, I'm going to, I'm going to work on this to get better at how to communicate, how to do these things. Mm-hmm. He just doubled down and got, yeah. got more and more stubborn. And that's unfortunate. But at the same time, that doesn't disqualify you from ministry. So, my hope was that we would walk into this building and just be like, oh, interesting. And it, it was cool. I mean, it was it was neat to be a part of it. It was a little, he's definitely changed. There's an element of his demeanor that, um, whether it's because he's wounded or because of whatever, he's he's definitely not the same person he was before. At least that's that was my discernment as I was sitting mm-hmm. in the room. But with that said, it was a cool little building. Wasn't super huge. Wasn't overly crazy. And you know, at the end of the day I left and I was like, all right, there's some good things about it. Some bad things about the the sermon and the service in general, just some things maybe I would do differently. I shouldn't say bad things, you know, just just things that I would do differently. It led to a great conversation at dinner with the boys uh, as we talked through ministry because both of them are either involved in ministry or want to be involved in ministry. And so it was just really good. And James, the producer is one of those two boys. That's why I'm, and I say boys, they're both men now, but I'm old. I'll call them boys. Yeah. So the, you know, for James and, and Bishop and me to sit at dinner and just chat about, all right, what did you see? What did you not see? What did you pick up? What was interesting to you? That that conversation was priceless. And so it leaves me just, what's on my heart is, uh, let's, let's spare judgment a little bit and let's be careful with who we throw under the bus and how we do it. But at the same time, let's be wise with who we're following and yeah. what the church that we're a part of is communicating and trying to do. And let's just be wise. Let's just let's just pray through it. If you feel the sense that the Lord's leading you to, to be a part of this thing, then great. But just be careful. Be wise. It's just kind of off. What's on my heart about it? Mm-hmm. And also, like 
allowing people to be restored and not continuing to let their past overshadow who they have become too? Yeah, there's really nothing in Scripture that says that someone couldn't be restored to ministry for any number of things. But that's really the local church's decision more so than anybody else. And some local churches make really bad decisions in reestablishing people way too quickly. At the same time... Or they cut them off completely. Sure. And there's no restoration at all. Which doesn't help at all. No. You know what I'm saying? So... It's definitely a heavy topic. It's a it's a good one to be thinking about, but that's kind of where it left me. And I think it was neat to see him yeah. in his position and doing his thing. Yeah, I imagine it was. Everybody, we love you. Bye. Love you. Hey, thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Yamcast. We hope you enjoyed it. Remember to check us out on all the socials like Instagram at the Yamcast. We love to hear back from you guys, so please leave us a comment or a review, and we might even send you guys a sticker. Also, if you have any questions that you'd like us to answer here on the podcast, you can email us at yamcastpod at gmail.com. That is yamcastpod at gmail.com.